my name is Pascal, and I am the host of this podcast, The Info Jobs with Pascal. So six years ago, I started recording for this podcast, but I got caught up with life. I was moving to a different city. I was in school, and I had to discontinue everything and pick up at a better time. And what better time than this? I am launching on Haitian Mother's Day. So I want to take this opportunity to give a shout out to my beautiful mom, Moviette. Happy Mother's Day, mommy. I love you. And uh, okay, so let me give you a little bit of background. Uh, The foundation of the podcast is gleaned from the scriptures, Hosea 4, 6. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And I feel that's reflective sometimes in our society. I think there are enough platforms. I think there's an abundance of knowledge out there. Uh, But I also think that sometimes maybe some of the information is not accessible to everybody. Or maybe they don't know where to go to get that, that, that information. And sometimes it's just everyday information. Everyday information that we... We, we could have just a simple search, a simple conversation. We could have learned from that. So I want to make that available on this podcast. So my the Instagram page for this podcast is The Info Jobs with Pascal. So I am going to, as I'm still building, I'm still building this podcast. I want to go a little slower. So um, the next episode will be released the second Friday of June and also uh, one on the fourth Friday of June. At the end of the first episode, I'll let you know who my next guest will be. And you can go on my Instagram, the Instagram for the page, the Info Jabs with Pascal, and send your questions, anything you would like for me to discuss with this person. And we'll make sure that it happens during our recording. And you know, I, the central goal of this podcast is to educate, to inform, to share resources. I'm an educator myself and I'm also in the mental health field. So I think it's important to be having these discussions, these conversations. It makes for a better and more productive society. So please help support this podcast by again, going on the page on Instagram the Info Jabs with Pascal and uh, following the page, sharing the content. It, you know, it, it not only gives more exposure to the podcast, but it helps the information get out to a wider public. So let's get into our uh, topic for today. By the way, guys, I want to preemptively apologize for the sound. Uh, you'll notice a fluctuation in the the audio. So the my hope is that eventually, sooner than later, I will learn the proper skill. Most of it, most of it happened in the recording. So some of that I can't. I have to keep that recording because it's valuable information. But I think in the future, in the very near future, I want to make sure that I master the art of um, preparing. Um, uh, I guess the system to um, have a better quality um, in the sound. So please be, please bear with me. This is the, the first episode. So 
I wanted to just say that. So at the beginning of every episode, I start with a story. And my story for today is that I have a cousin. In her early 20s, mid-20s, she had a great job. She was making six figures. She was traveling. She was living life, basically. And she years later, she ended up having a daughter. And I went to visit her. I think I was asking her about returning back to school, uh, not to school, but to work. And I don't know exactly what she said, but it seemed like she wasn't really interested in immediately going back to work. But the one thing I remembered her saying is, if I have to stay with her, if I have to stay home with her for the rest of her life, I will. I was really shocked because that's not the person I know her to be. I'm sure she loves her daughter, but I, I I know that she's always been on the go, on the go, on the go. So it piqued my interest. I, I, I've always respected mothers, but I just didn't know exactly what happens. What does a pregnancy do to a, a woman to completely change her outlook on life? So you guessed it. Our topic is going to be on motherhood. However, more specifically, the aspect of pregnancy and post-pregnancy. So today I have some beautiful ladies. They are very dear to me. Uh, They're all mothers. I have uh, a few mothers in a doula. So that's what you'll notice in our interaction today. And uh, they will introduce themselves and say a little bit about their children. Hi, ladies. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. I'm Lisa. I have two boys. I have a 17-year-old boy. Uh, junior, uh, very amazing, uh, and I have a, a two-year-old um, boy. Just, I think, as Pascal mentioned, I don't know what happened between the seventeen-year-old. I was pretty young when I had him, and the two-year-old. I think uh, the two-year-old is the one that kind of changed me to this woman that I am today. Which is, we'll talk about it later, I guess. Um, just a completely different, strong, brave person that I wasn't before that I didn't recognize. So um, I think that would be cool to talk about. <laughs> Hi, my name is Creta, um, and I have two kids. I have a daughter. She is three. Her name is Celia. Very energetic, very smart, talk a lot. Sometimes I'm very amazed by the things that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> And I have a nine-year-old son, and his name is Nazir. Right now, he's teething, very clingy, doesn't want me to go anywhere, doesn't want to be put down. Um, but as Pascal mentioned, thank you for that story, by the way, Pascal. <laughs> um, but my daughter definitely um, changed my life, changed the way I do motherhood. And because of her, I've gained so much respect for women, period. Um, so I guess we'll touch on that later. (laughs) Hello, my name is Ashley. I have two sons. Um, My oldest, he is 10 years old, very quiet, reserved. Um, Then my second son, he is six, very outgoing, outspoken. And um, he's really, um, he looks, he looks like me. But I'm afraid that he may have, <laughs> I'm afraid that's how I was when I was little and I've been told I was. <laughs> My name is Danielle and I do have uh, three kids. First one, uh, uh, his name is Gene Robert. 
he's gonna be nine soon. He's very, you know, like the um by the book, like older the how however the oldest one is, you know, by the book, they're more obedient and all that stuff. Um, he's so sweet and kind. Um, my second one, Jean Mark, that is uh, you know, Jean, 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 it's my husband. So so either way, so Jean Mark. Um, he's so sweet. He is very sweet. He's he's the one who still gives me hugs, but he's very outspoken. He says what's in his mouth. I mean, what's in, what comes in his uh, mind. He is, you know, sometimes uh, you have to tell him something ten times. But he is so sweet. And my last one, my my daughter Ariel. Um, she is also so sweet. She is feisty. Um, she is really feisty, uh, but she is, again, she always wants me to spend time with her. Uh, that's her love language, quality time, but they're, they're dear to me. But something did change in me um, when it comes to motherhood. But yeah, something did change with me when it comes to motherhood. You will touch on that later as well. Okay, my name is Sophia. I have one son. He is one years old. He's a calm kid until he gets really comfortable <laughs> then he's just all over the place and I'm like okay you're kind of like me because I'm calm at first but if I'm comfortable I could be a little bit crazy <laughs> hello everyone my name is Gina um I have one daughter her name is Gianna um I prayed for a strong bold and independent daughter I got exactly that um, sometimes it comes to bite me in the butt, but, um, I couldn't imagine, uh, it being any other way, her being any other way. So I'm grateful and thankful, um, for her and, um, I'm excited to dive in. All right, guys, um, we are actually recording. We started recording before 7 30 AM and that's because, any minute now, somebody might be walking in to ask for breakfast or for something or like to get their attention. So that's, you know, and that's good because that will be a, a complete representative of what it's like, you know, to be a mom. We're going to talk about the greatest moments that you've, you've had in pregnancy. So I do want to honor mo motherhood. I really want to stay around that topic, uh, the pregnancy um, uh, aspect of motherhood. What was the greatest moment of your pregnancy? Finding out I was pregnant um, and also the kicks, you know, the baby kicks. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes I would drink cold water just to feel the baby kick, you know. So, yeah, that was that that was the best part for me. I would say for me. I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it can be difficult for people with PCOS to get pregnant. And so for me, I, when I found out I was pregnant, I was just over the moon, shocked, excited, because they told me it was a possibility I may or may not get pregnant. So I found out I was pregnant. I was very excited. And like she mentioned before, like for me, it was, it was the kick her very first kick like I'm like okay I have a belly but you know I they tell me there's a baby in there I see it on the ultrasound but like you don't actually believe it until like you feel the first kick 
I'll never forget. I was driving with my sister and I was just in the passenger seat and we were, we're Haitian. So we were listening to Compa and I felt a kick and I was like, what is that? Is that, is that an actual kick or is that gas? <laughs> I don't know to differentiate it but then as the beat was like going on a little bit more and I felt a little kick 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 and I was like oh, my oh God, what kicking. and I started crying <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh she's actually kicking and from that moment on I was like okay I believe them I believe them I'm actually pregnant wow wait was she kicking to the beat of the she was kicking to the beat of the music (laughs) (laughs) crazy because not her now she's she's a dancer so it's it's really funny to see how that happened in the womb and here she is outside the woman that's how she is (laughs) she is definitely her mother's child (laughs) (laughs) for me um well my story was a little different i had um to miscarriage before my daughter came. And so as you can understand, going into that pregnancy, I was so nervous and not knowing what the outcome will be. So for me, the most exciting part was passing the first trimester <laughs> because I didn't pass the first trimester in my first two. So it, you know, I felt like that was like the best part for me because, and also my kid did not feel like butterflies. They hurt the first yeah. few weeks. <laughs> so that part was exciting for sure. Just to know that, okay, you know, the baby's good. Everything is all great. But for me, the most exciting part was knowing that I passed the first trimester and the doctor gave me the okay that everything was good. And that was the best moment for me because I was so nervous, not knowing what was going to happen just because of the situation I had with my first two. Um, for me, I will say, I will go back to the kick. Um, my, and I actually have a picture of this where my oldest, he was four at the time when, um, I had my second one. And so I have a picture of, (laughs) he could, my oldest had his head in my lap barely because my stomach was (laughs) pretty much at my lap and he was just holding on, trying to still be in my lap. And I remember my my stomach kicking <laughs> as if like get off of me. <laughs> my youngest was like <laughs> telling him to get off of him. So I think that was probably the funniest. But I do have that picture. I need to actually show them. But yeah, so I think that was probably the I would say the greatest and the funniest part of um, being pregnant and motherhood. And they're actually like that now. So. <laughs> I think that's interesting because uh, same with Ashley. I know a lot of people say the kicks, but for me, I don't think I ever got used to the kicks. For me, I don't know if that's bad, but it always felt like there's like an alien in my belly because it's just so weird. To <laughs> got used to it, but in reference to the kicks, I do um, appreciate how you that's your first time getting to know that personality of that child because I think that the way my first child kicked or interacts with music is how he is today. And my second son, he's just so different. He's more so about energy. And in my stomach, if I was going through something emotionally or anything, it's like we connected. And he's like that today. So I think 
in terms of the kicks, I did never like the kicks, but the only thing I liked about the kicks and the movements is I was able to get to know like this child and this personality because whatever they did in the belly is who they are today. And I think that's cool for me. Um, for me, it was finding out that I was pregnant and then also the reaction my mom gave. Mm -hmm. told her she, I was pregnant. That was the best. She was so excited. Um, if, uh, if you don't mind me sharing this, so, uh, so that so um she her mother found out that she was pregnant her long her mother is um well i don't know if you want to just say sophia whenever you come back so no, it's okay it's, oh. yeah has passed away but when she found out she was so excited and she really tried her hardest to be there by the time he was born but it just didn't happen that way but i know she I know she does. Yeah, when she talks about her mom's excitement, her mom was like, her mom had more energy than like us, all of us. I, Too when, much. When we went to prom, I remember we walked into, it wasn't prom, or I don't know what it was. We walked into her house and her mom was like, you want to go boogie? She was ready to go yes. to I yes. energy, so I can see her excitement of the, you know, of the, the news about finding out about the pregnancy. So thank you for sharing that, ladies. Um, so how has how has motherhood just changed your life, period? And guys, we're just going to be real. My, to my listeners here, this is the first podcast. So if you sense that we're like slightly a little careful, we're just mm -hmm. getting used to this. Okay, so yeah. um, this is our first interview. <laughs> So bear bear with me, please. Um, but yes, ladies, uh, how anybody can just jump in. How how has this really changed your life? Just going through this process and just becoming a mother. Just um, the risks that you take every day. You don't take the same risks because you have uh, peop little people at home you have to think about. And, um, you know, I think for me, I'm more careful. I'm more cautious of um, what I do, the things that I, um, you know, get into. I think that's the uh, main thing. And like I mentioned, my second child, I think he made me a lot more brave and like little things that I would be scared of before. I don't know why, like I'm not scared of anymore. Um, <clears throat> and I'm able to, you know, take on more, um, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm able to do more because of him. I'm not saying that I didn't with my first child, but my second child just kind of changed the woman that I am today. Um, and that's how pregnancy kind of changed me, I think. Pregnancy has definitely slowed me down, for sure. Um, I was on the go because right out of college, I started working a lot and I felt like I was everywhere and I never saw my life stopping at all because I just want to keep going and keep going. And as soon as I had my daughter, I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> I didn't want to do anything else. I just wanted to be home and 
great thing, you know, God blessed me with the opportunity of being able to be home with the kid. And I felt like that also changed my life because I became a lot more patient. You know, I never thought I was going to be like a patient person, but now I'm a better listener. Um, all the above. I, I'm sorry. I just lost my train of thought a little bit, but yeah, just being, just being able to, I'm so sorry. What, somebody just jump in really quick. I am so sorry. <laughs> That's motherhood guys. Uh, baby's calling. Um, I would say for me, I, like I said, I was shocked. Um, but I, I have a lot of godchildren. Um, so I've always been around kids. Um, being a doula, my family always called me. I guess that's what made me go into being a doula. Um, I was always the person that they called whenever they were laboring. My aunts and uncles are fairly young. So we're not that far apart in age. So when they all started having kids, um, I was the person that they called. So I I had a lot of knowledge with um, babies and children. However, having your own is completely different because you can't give them back. Um, so I, it, it definitely changed my outlook on um everything that they had to do that they both both parents had to do mom and dads um and you feel like you feel like you don't want to miss anything so i was i was like oh my gosh like i i i don't want to go anywhere without her because maybe she's going to maybe today is the day that she's going to uh, say mama or maybe today is the day that she's gonna um, do something completely different that she didn't do yesterday um, my phone is full of pictures they, could, they look the same but they're not the same because she's doing something different even though it's a little little different but um, um, it's different nonetheless so for me um, being able to experience this and, and see the difference as you know, being a godmom or being cousin and actually being the mom now, it definitely, definitely changed my outlook on on moms, women, womanhood, motherhood, all of that. Um, I saw like many people just nodding because um, I knew, I do know moms have a lot of pictures. Is it is that why like all of the pictures are different? Every single moment is different? Every moment is different. Every, I guess. <laughs> I believe that. Storage is probably like crazy. You like said what? Store all those well, like to store all the photos on your phone, like it's ridiculous. At like, this point, I my I, I'm working just for iPhone because my iPhone. <laughs> I'm pretty crazy. sure every every year they're probably telling you, "Oh, you need to buy more storage." Yup, yeah. yup, and they get me. They get and me. And we buy. How can I delete this picture of my baby? <laughs> yes, um, well, I'll say for me to be um a little bit more stern with my work life because when you're going to work and like your kid is in daycare and the daycare calls, oh, he has a fever. Um, hey, I need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to get to the point where it's like, hey, I need to leave. A lot of jobs, they're like, oh, we need you to stay. Can you stay till this? I'm like, no, I have an hour to pick them up. 
that's basically it. Or like, you know, oh, we want you to work extra here on Saturdays. And I'm like, I have daycare Monday through Friday. That Saturday, Sunday, that's for me and him. So I'm not looking for anybody to watch him and I'm not paying anybody to watch him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be with him. So Sophia's not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's, I was scared of that. I think that's the, one of the reasons why I chose to be home a little bit. So it's because I'm so afraid of daycare because mm-hmm. I hear that a lot of time when kids go to daycare, they get sick more often or, you know, you have to leave your job. I was just like, if I have to keep leaving my job to go get my kid, I might as well don't have, I might as well stay home and have a job, at least for a little bit, not forever. But mm-hmm. that was my, that was a big fear for me too, is like the constant back and forth. And I was just like, you know what, just stay here with me where I can see you at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand. Greta, I have to piggyback on what you just said. I, this, to me, I think the scariest part is when they're, an infant or very little to the point where they can't talk if they when they can't talk and tell you what's going on I think that's the scariest but if they can verbalize as to how was your day oh we did x y and z or they can verbalize if someone hurt them Mm -hmm. it's different but it's when that window of they can't tell you and you're solely dependent on what another person is telling you I think is the scariest so I I definitely get it Yeah, yeah that's for sure because now my daughter's ready to go. Now she talks my ear off. Okay. <laughs> I'm just not ready for my son yet. <laughs> and um, for me, um, the changes, Pascal, can you repeat the question again? Well, like, how has it changed you, like, for the better? Yeah, so um, I must say my first son, I had him, um, I had him in college. And I would say it kind of slowed me down because all the, you know, I planned on like moving, you know, going, you know, going around the world, traveling and stuff like that. But a lot of that stopped and mentally, I think I kind of put myself in a box because I felt like I could no longer achieve certain things. And then when my second son came out of nowhere, um, I think Lisa mentioned this, it's like, it was just that push into drive to do better. Like I got my, um, I obtained my master's in business and I'm actually pursuing another career. <laughs> I'm actually taking my prerequisites for medical school. And that's actually something that before I moved to Tallahassee, while I was in high school. I was in the medical careers magnet in high school before I moved to college. And that was actually my major, like biology pre-med was actually my major before I switched to math. And just all this confidence that I gained with my second, because it was kind of like, I want them to be, I want them to be very bold and outstanding men, but you know, their dad does well, but I wanted them to see something from and me obtaining things that I thought I could no longer acquire, I think will probably be the the, the biggest um, example that I can give them. Yeah, mom got you know pregnant in, in college. Yeah, mom did X, Y, and Z. But mom also did this. So you have no excuse. And that's something that I obtained during my um, my second pregnancy and also with my, you know, with my second one as well. So um, just the difference that I the difference that I see now in myself. 
what what did you guys experience during the the first let's say trimester? Like how did what was going on with your body? Um, what changes were you seeing? Your mood? Any challenges? I would say like more excitement, you know, like you're excited about the pregnancy and the journey that you're going to go into, I would say. Okay. Yeah, agreed. I didn't have, for me, I could probably count. Yeah, I think I can count on one hand the amount of times that I got sick. And it was more so my fault those times that I got sick (laughs) because it was trying to get into the habit of, you know, you're always on the go when uh, when I wasn't pregnant. So I was always on the go. I was a manager at a restaurant. So, like, I was always, like, doing something. So I never really took the time to, like, actually eat. I'd probably eat, like, once a day, twice a day, and call it a day. But, like, I didn't realize, it didn't hit me that, hey, you're pregnant. You need to eat something a little bit more often. Um, And so that's why, you know, I would get sick uh because when I would actually realize hey you didn't eat and I would go to eat and then that's when I'd I'd actually have to throw up um but before that like I didn't have any uh nausea or or uh morning sickness like most women complain about um so I was very fortunate that I didn't have to go through that um so yeah Gina, you you said you threw up because you ate late. Yes. Okay. So, so, so it matters when you eat. Yes. So it's it's good for you to have something at least every two hours, two to three hours. I I would go like my normal self. I'd go five, six, seven hours before I actually ate something. Like I drink, but I wouldn't eat anything. So when I actually remembered that I was pregnant, I needed to eat. And then I went to go eat, I would throw up. And then after I threw up, I'd be able to actually eat and it stay down. So that's why I said I could count on one hand, like how many times I got sick because it was because I did it to myself and not because, but when I, once I like got past that, like first month, I would say first couple of weeks and I realized hey, you need to eat more often, that didn't happen anymore. I didn't do too much throwing up my first trimester, but I got sick both times, like lots of headache, had to be in a dark room where noise was bothering me, the smell of food would bother me. Um, So yeah, both of my pregnancies were very similar in the first trimester. I was like, you know, I I did not feel good at I was like, when is the good part coming? Because all the headaches and I couldn't eat anything. Oh, man. I'll do it again. Just skip the first parts. <laughs> <laughs> because morning sickness was not it for me at all. <laughs> yeah, mine was, um, yeah, I didn't feel sick. I didn't feel nauseous. Um, I did have some cravings, but my cravings came weird. I would smell like I was somewhere where nobody's cooking and I would smell Chinese food and I wanted to eat Chinese food. And I was like, uh, I would tell my husband, do you, do you smell Chinese food? Like, Let's go get some Chinese food or something like that. It was weird. Um, and then some food um, I would be okay with. Not a lot. It was just that one particular food. I think that my um, mother-in-law gave us. Um, 
it was pre-packaged before it, it would be fine but when I was pregnant the opening the bag the smell I'm like I can't do it I was like oh my goodness that that was so weird to me how I how, how was I used to be okay with that but the smell changed and but yeah so but that was pretty much it but I, I didn't have any sickness during my pregnancy I would say one thing um, about the food aversions, for me, I used to love chicken wings, love, love chicken wings. But for some reason, when I got pregnant, I got really irritated with the thought of seeing like little hairs. On the <laughs> I could not do, I think that was one time. And I think when I did eat one chicken wing and I grew up just from eating that. And I was like, never again. If my chicken wing better have no pieces of hair, nothing in there. Wait, are you back to eating chicken? I eat chicken. I am, but I'm more like chicken breast, chicken thighs, no skin. Because <laughs> I know there's no hair on it if it has no skin. <laughs> For me, um, same, same as Danielle. I didn't have morning sickness. I don't, I don't think I've, ever, um, I don't think I've ever like vomited or anything. So I didn't have the sickness like that. But very emotional, very worried. <clears throat> Excuse me. Very worried. Um, just overthinking. You know. So I guess that emotion. I was more emotional. I would say that. But um, yeah, so very worried, emotional, always thinking, oh, what's this? And um, like the slightest thing the doctor could say, you know, my mind began to wonder like, oh my, like, you know, you know, taking everything very, very serious. So, mm -hmm. you know, the thing with me. I think each pregnancy for me was different. My first pregnancy, I didn't have any, nothing. Everything was just smooth. But my second pregnancy, I think I was nauseous throughout. Like, I was at a point where I was like, I think I'd rather throw up at this point than the nausea. But um, I think each, like I said, each pregnancy was different because my second pregnancy, I was limited to a lot um, physically. Um, my first pregnancy, I could do anything and everything. I don't know if age was a factor in it, but um uh, physically, I was able to do more my first time. Emotionally, I was able to do more the first pregnancy. So my second pregnancy was a lot. And I think it had a lot to do with where I was in life. I was going to school. I was working. So I think an age, I was 15 years older. Um, so it was um, a big difference there with my uh, second versus my first pregnancy. Okay. Um so guys, what what can you say about like how your body changes? Because I know that people talk about I remember somebody was telling me that before pregnancy her hands um were a certain way and after she gave birth her hands changed. That was my first time ever hearing that or your feet, you have an arch on your feet and then you you get pregnant and then it goes away or like certain changes that it seems like after pregnancy it completely changes it doesn't go back so that's the part that I really don't I really want to know about that like your Ooh. breast your your the your um areola 
is big changes. It, I, you know, it, it gets yeah, larger. Large. Please, please tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How old is now? Uh, well, body changes. Um, they're a lot. They can be a lot for um mm-hmm. some women. Um, for me, um, I've always been a size eight my whole mm-hmm. life. Well, I mean, I guess my adult life. Um, my feet are wide, so in length they're not actually an eight, but for width they're an eight. And after I have my, I had my daughter, um, I don't know what size I am. I, mm. Whatever fits. <laughs> um, I, 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 eights barely fit. Sometimes eight and a half fit. Sometimes nines fit. Um, I think the most I went up to was like a 10. I was like, what is going on? Um, yeah. I cannot wear heels anymore. Um, they I, I didn't really like wearing heels to begin with, but at least, you know, I could last at least an hour or two hours. Now I, it's just nothing. Um, uh, body changes. Um, my, well, I guess we're getting really real. My, uh, my nipples were never um, like probing, I guess, the normal look of them. Um, but I exclusively pumped for my daughter for a year. And now they actually like have the the probe, I guess. It actually points out now. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different. Um that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> My feet did get bigger too. Um I used to be an eight and a half. Now I'm a nine and a half ten. I feel like it got bigger in my second pregnancy too. So I don't, I don't know. I'm kinda scared if I get pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> but my nipples like a lot bigger um but everything got bigger so everything changed for me too but the 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 main the main thing it was my my foot for sure I definitely went up like a size and a half um for me it was my face um like the roundness of it and I still think it's still round but for me it was my face and my arms my family, um, like the women on my mom's side tend to have like um, bigger arms. And I, I laugh at this because have you ever seen them? It's a meme where they're like, um, oh, if the lunch lady has these arms, you know, like, <laughs> those, those arms run in my family, but I must say the food does too. So I'll keep it. Big arms running my family, and that's something that I noticed. My face got rounder, and my arms got bigger. My feet stays, my feet are the same size, but those are the things. Um, <clears throat> and trying to maintain my um, my my stomach and waist was also mm-hmm. even afterwards. You see, um, <clears throat> some young ladies were able to snap back, and as regarding like their stomach and stuff like that, and. It's still a challenge, you know, it's still a challenge for me. So that was, yeah, those are three, three, three things. I'm like, okay, so the arms may be hereditary. (laughs) 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 Now I just got to get the food up there. But (laughs) (laughs) But my face and my stomach. Okay. What about you, Sophia? Oh, 
Okay, I would say um, I develop breasts. <laughs> and, <laughs> and even Pascal noticed that she mm, was Yes, like, I did. Um, you have breasts now. Which <laughs> <laughs> was so funny. I was like, Lord, yeah, during your wedding. Yeah, I was yes. like, well, she like, didn't tell anybody. She didn't tell us that she was pregnant. But she, I was just like, man, like, she put she up a couple of sizes. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I have some have... of that lunch lady arms too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to have fibrocystic breasts, which is like, you know, the full breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know it was a thing until I went to the doctor and the doctor was checking me. That was before I got pregnant. And then it was, I guess, lumpy. Um, and then after I ha- after I was pregnant, then it's like it went away so it become I guess regular I don't know but um so I no longer so I guess my size went down so opposite of yours Sophia so Sophia um so um my my bright size went down because it used to be lumpy so after the pregnancy then it went you know lower but you know, that was minus the breast milk, you know, and all this stuff, you know, but, mm-hmm. but um, another thing that changed, which was so weird is my, I don't know if it was the hospital drugs or whatever, but my thighs became darker. They, they change color. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Even my husband, like, I just didn't understand how my body changed. I was like, you know, um, another thing is like you, um, Ashley, so after I had uh, gave birth, you know, the dias- diastasis, uh, what do you call it? Diastasis recti or whatever, when your um, abs muscles open. So because of that, so it's like you look like you're pregnant because it's still open. And so it's still open till this day, you know. So I, I, need, I know there are some exercises out there, you know, that I can do, but I just. Just the, the energy. The energy the, the lack of yeah. energy is the you know the lack of energy and yeah yeah so so that's been a challenge too with my waist size and stuff so yeah but we didn't cover something last time about what we experienced in pregnancy that people don't talk about I thought we were only talking about the first trimester but it's like I I had to wear like little pads because I would pee on myself you know like towards more towards the end you know I was like I don't know you know and I, I yes. had to change you know and, the weird. and I was like <laughs> I never hear people talk about this so I was like let me talk about this because I'm like that's something I experienced you know but yeah I just wanted to say that the lack of bladder control too after yeah. the fact after yeah because you can't because I can't hold my pee yeah. I got to go. Yeah. After pregnancy? Yes. 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 Oh, okay. Yes. I was like a me. little, a too hard of a sneeze. You feel like, did I just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nope, I got to go. You feel it up. Jump roping, you're like, uh, did I just go? Yep. Jump yep. roping, running. Yep. Any type of up and down. Yep. Yes. You use the bathroom, like, and you feel like you have to use it again. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is there something is there something that can be done about it or the exercises there's like you can do a physical therapy for that yeah probably a yeah. public 
pelvic floor therapist will be able to help with that because some women lose their pelvic floor muscles like they Mm -hmm. they can't do anything and they tell you to do your kegels as much as possible yeah um i have a question about breastfeeding um does it matter how you breastfeed like for example if you breastfeed does it affect the, the your your breast or or does pumping, is, is there a difference between pumping and then breastfeeding? Because I know that some people say you have to be careful with how you breastfeed because it will maybe like cause them to, to drop. Have... Yeah. <laughs> There's, I, I feel like the drop is unavoidable. Pumping, latching, all of it is breastfeeding. I, yeah. I feel like it's if, if they're going to drop, they're going to drop. It's, it's unavoidable. Um, yeah. I say, hey, you know, maybe after you, you know, for sure that you're done having kids, go get them lifted. I, because there's no other, there's no other way to avoid that. Like my daughter didn't latch. So I made a conscious decision to exclusively pump for her. Um, so regardless of the if she were to latch or not latch it they still drop so there's no way to so the only thing I will add for um, new moms who are new to the process of breastfeeding I went to a um I have a breastfeeding consultation a lactation consultant Mm -hmm. yes thank you Mm -hmm. and they showed you how to properly make the baby head position, body position, posture. So they help the baby latch on more and more comfortable for the mother. The one thing that I must have (laughs) missed from that class, frequency as switching. I'm naturally left-handed. So my always place the baby, my, um, on like, you know, he was always to my right, my right breast, not knowing that it will affect you know, um, yes, ma'am. The other one, so <laughs> I was lopsided. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> it was so bad to the point where I had to wear jackets or sweaters to cover it because, unfortunately, I had neglected one breast, and you mm-hmm. can definitely tell one was very that right one was very full, and I'm trying to remember. No, one was. I can't remember which one, but <laughs> if you're not alternating, it yep. definitely shows. And that's something yep. I the first time. The second time I was on switch. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's one thing to, you know, the, the milk is going to come, but it comes when it feels like it's needed. If eventually yeah. you're not breastfeeding, yep. it's not going to, it'll eventually get it like, oh, she don't need us anymore. And then yeah. it goes yep. down. But the more you continue, it's going to, and I breastfed both my babies till they were, I'm going to say one and a half, two. They never had a pacifier. They never, um, if they did use bottle, it had to be very nipple-like bottle. I forgot the name of the brands, but very close to it. But I tried my best to stay, have them breastfed as much as possible. But your milk supply will last as long as you yeah. your breast needs it. Yeah, and piggybacking off of that, um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of women, the reason why they're not successful at breastfeeding is because they think it's because that they're not they don't have enough, and it's it's because you're not doing it as frequent, and you know, if you're not telling your body to 
to make it, it's not going to make it. It's going to think that you're good and you don't need anymore. So frequency is very important. Um, the other thing I would also say is um, the overfeeding is the thing. A lot of people think their supply yep. is not enough, but really the supply is enough. But our concept or mindset of thinking that oh, you need a, a six ounce bottle, like, you know, a four yes. bed, baby. Oh yeah, the like, trophies. Yeah, yes. I'm like, no. <laughs> that yes. They will eat to when they're full and then yes. they'll hunt, you know, kind of thing. So the supply is there. And if they're Normal gaining weight, that is, yeah, mm-hmm. and they're gaining weight, then you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Normal you know, output is 1.5 ounces to three ounces. So... Mm-hmm. It, it's okay. more than enough if you have four or five ounces you're fine what, yeah. what, what do you what does that mean Gina Normal. oh so like Sophia was saying like some women assume that if they're like let's say you're pumping because that's the only way you'll see your output um they think that like if you have uh, an ounce and a half or two ounces from both breasts that you're not making enough milk for your baby to sustain your baby but breast milk is not like formula where for breast milk you know it's less is more for formula you need more because it's formulated so you have to get more they, they have to get more calories from that as opposed to the breast milk so some moms will think you know I'm making only half an ounce or sorry, one and a half ounces or two ounces. And I don't think that this is going to be enough for my baby. But if you're feeding your baby every two hours, two ounces is, is the exact amount that your baby needs. Yeah, like and a that- present a bottle, like the container, mm-hmm. how much right. you do per breast. Right. And so, um, and like the pump is not a good indicator of you telling if of telling you whether or not you're you're making enough milk. Like when you actually latch the baby, the baby will feed for as long as the baby needs. And the baby does, the baby could be on your breast for 30 minutes, but the baby's not actually drinking for the whole 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a comfort thing. Yeah. They'll take yeah. as much as they need. The way that uh, the baby's uh, suckling on the nipple, on the breast, it's it, it, it takes what it needs. It can slow it down. It can make it come more, make it come faster. So that's why they say baby is the best pump because the baby will take as much as the baby needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ashley said something so important. So I didn't have a lactation consultant, um, but my sister-in-law, when she had her daughter, she, ha- she had one and she showed me how she had her baby latched on. Um, so like everything she was doing, she showed it to me um, because that way I could learn. And so when I had mine, I knew how to do it because I saw her do it and he latched on because it can be painful and, you know, stuff like that. But because I went away on a, like a four day uh, vacation with my husband for our 10 year anniversary. And I was trying to pump as much as possible, but you know, like you said, if you're not producing as much, if you're not doing as, as, as uh, much, then it starts decreasing. And Oh my goodness. I cried. You know, because I, I did enjoy the breastfeeding time. Um, it did, although for the first one, he did use me as a pacifier. It backfired. Like every time he woke up, my husband said, like, I'm a, I was like an open bar. 
you know yeah. yeah every time he woke up in the middle of the night so that was the you know bad side of that you know for the first one uh, I couldn't go anywhere because you know I had to take him with me you know so like <laughs> but either way but it was it was it was a good time I I cherish those first reading times so I just wanted to say that I love oh, I loved it. Go ahead, go ahead, Brenna. I'll say I love breastfeeding also. Um my daughter, it was so rough. Well, I could say breastfeeding or pumping is not for the weak because man, your nipples go through it. Oh my goodness. And I literally like my nipple bled both time, like with my daughter and my son. But my daughter made it worse. So um my daughter was born with a with a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> You don't hear that so often. I think it happens to every 200,000 kids in the world. It happens. Some are born with two, some are born with one. I think it's because you have too much calcium in your blood, something like that. But she was born with a tooth. So imagine yeah. breastfeeding a kid who doesn't know how to latch with a tooth. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, I cried. <laughs> a lot. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I... Once I got over that hump, though, I definitely enjoyed breastfeeding. I breastfed my daughter till she was 18 months, and I plan on breastfeeding my son till he turns one. Thank God he didn't have a tooth, so I didn't have to go through that process. But I definitely love, you know, breastfeeding. And I find it that when you breastfeed your kid or even pumping, whichever way, um, it's so good for the kid. My daughter, did, like, you know, doesn't get sick too often. And all, I just loved it. And, like... Um, I am an open bar. Yesterday I left um, to go to a festival. I came like my, you know, Smith was calling me the whole time because he would not go to sleep because he yeah. was waiting for me to come mm -hmm. breastfeed him. And I was like, no, I need to get out of that. So mm -hmm. I am an open bar and I need to shut it down like ASAP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I definitely love <laughs> breastfeeding. Sure. Uh, I will say that a lot of women don't, um, don't know or don't realize that even after um I think it was Danny that was talking about going on a trip um and not being able to breastfeed afterwards but relaxation is possible mm -hmm. um and a lot of women don't know that um just because you lose your supply doesn't mean that it's it's gone forever um mm -hmm. you can get it back you just have to be consistent yes yes my thing is she wanted like I couldn't compete with the formula because my aunt put her, I, I left some, some milk, I pumped a lot, but she didn't have enough. So they put her on formula yep. and I couldn't compete with that. Mm -hmm. So I made a decision because I was like, okay, I can keep doing it, trying to get to the level of the formula um, or I can just make her continue the formula. Yes. So, so um, it was too much work to get to that point so I decided okay fine I'm not I'm, let me stop competing mm -hmm. so that's why I stopped but yes it was it was very hard it was very hard for me and I cried mm -hmm. and all this stuff can you guys talk about nipple cream I've heard um that that I didn't know that was a thing but does, the is, is it, yeah does is that is that is that expected um, if your nipples do dry and crack, it becomes mm -hmm. very painful and probably mm -hmm. discouraging for people to um, breastfeed. Mm -hmm. 
So um, my lactation consultant, she told me to go get a couple of things. They were like, um, one was um, an antibiotic ointment, um, hydrocortisone, mix it with um, an antifungal to put on your nipple to help it to heal. The other thing that was very helpful was um, doing like a salt water. Um, I don't want to say it wasn't like a bath, but you would put it in this, um, ah, this kind of, kind of like a, cause there's this thing where I cannot remember the name. It kind of just goes on your breast. Like you just, it suctions and then you put it on your breast and it kind of like, um, it will pull out milk. But if you put like salt water and water um, in it and then put it to your breast, it will help to kind of alleviate the pain too. Are talking mm-hmm. about a haka? Yeah, a haka. I couldn't remember yet. Mm-hmm. A haka. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, do, so before, if you, before feeding the baby, do you have to wipe it off or wash it off and then feed the baby? No. Feed the baby with it? Mm-hmm. Nipple creams, you put the baby on. On it. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and if you don't have store brand nipple cream, you can use coconut oil. That's what I used. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Um, did, so do you do you use it twenty four seven or like just whenever you notice that it's it's cracking or just for preventive measures, you just keep it on there. Most women. Go ahead, Sophia. No, no, I was gonna say it helps with to keep it moist so it doesn't dry out so much. Right. Most women usually. It's like we're we're trying to correct the problem after it happens, but it's it's best when you do it beforehand so you can yeah. avoid happening in general. So mm-hmm. before you go to latch the baby, before you go to pump, before you put on your haka, you know, before you go to sleep, that kind of stuff, it, it helps. It helps before it becomes a problem. What do you guys wish you would have known before pregnancy? <laughs> I wish I would have known to use stretch cream as soon as I heard that I was pregnant. Um, yeah, I didn't use it soon enough. And I think that um, the because of that, I think the stretch mark came um, the way they did. So I wish I would have actually, as like, soon as I got the news, I would have you know, <laughs> other things, you know, quite sooner, you know, because I see some women, I um, have a friend of mine, and um, she, but she does like workout videos and stuff like that, and I'm looking at her stomach, I'm like, where's your like stretch marks? She's like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> like, what? but she also used the creams and stuff like that, and so that's something I was, I was like, man, I should have, you know, I should have been on it, but I think over time, exercising and stuff, they made this diminish. So I just have to continue to use like the the cream, like stretch mark creams and stuff like that. But I wish that was something I was more on my A game early on. What about the rest of you guys? I wish I slept more. You know, when you're pregnant, they always say, you know, rest, go to sleep. And I'm like, oh, I'm good, man. I wish I knew that. <laughs> because now I'm always sleep deprived. <laughs> and also, like you said, actually with the stretch marks, you know, I did not use any cream and I did not have any stretch marks until the last month of my first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It's just like they all it just came and it came with a lot of pimples <laughs> everywhere. 
And it was just like, I just took my pregnancy pictures. I was looking so good. Just a couple of weeks later for me to just be filled with stretch marks. And now they're just everywhere. So I definitely wish I knew that it can, you know, it could come the last month of your pregnancy for sure. Well, I just found out about what, um, sorry, is it Gina? I think Gina mentioned about, um, well, how you made the comparison between breast milk and the formula milk. Cause I stopped pumping because I felt like I wasn't producing enough milk. And um, I never thought of the connection. I know that when you breastfeed, you know, the baby gets more, but I guess I never made that connection between like, you wouldn't need as much milk compared to your formula. Cause I was producing milk, but just not enough. And so I think that's why I stopped breastfeeding. So knowing that this time around, I think, um, it definitely is important that I found that out just today. <laughs> um, let me just say that Gina is actually a doula. So if you guys have questions for her, um, I know that some of you might be trying to have more children. If you have more questions for her, uh, she's, she's open to you guys asking her questions. And um, I'm going to have her just talk about what a doula does um, when we get to that segment. I wish, so, you know, when you're, uh, after you have the baby, it's like, I had to buy, which I didn't have before, I had to buy um, those breast milk pads, you know, the breast pads, because you start, um, when it's time to feed, it's like your breast gets and get, uh, your breasts get engorged, and then you, your milk starts coming out. And if you're not wearing pad, or if you don't have a replacement, <laughs> it shows on your clothes. Because, you know, yes. like, it's wet. So I had to literally, um, I didn't know, because I thought, you know, maybe I need uh, just one or two pairs or something like that. I forgot. And I got, I think, two pairs. So I would exchange them, you know, wash them. But after a while, you know, like, as you keep breastfeeding, so you're producing more milk. So when it's time to feed or sometimes if my baby start crying or whatever, and then you start um, breast, you know, like you're, it just starts coming. And then you, I don't know. I just wish I, I knew that that way I could be, I could be better prepared. Because yes. you work from home, you know, but if I was at church, you know, <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom or something like that. So I wish I knew that. Um, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. <laughs> Because for me, this the it, I, I didn't realize that it took so that it could take like me a while for my milk to come in. And I think my milk completely came in at day four and I was sleeping and I didn't have anything on. I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest, because I tell people this all the time to keep it on. So I don't know why when it came to me, I, I it just didn't register. So. I was sleeping and I woke up and I'm like, why is the bed so wet? What is going on? And then my husband was like, like, no, seriously, like, this is like puddles. Like what is going on? And then I looked and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think my milk came. (laughs) And then that was just completely drenched. And I was like, wow, well, hey, at least we know it's here now. (laughs) Um. You know, as you guys are talking about like what you wish you would have known, I wanted to talk a little bit about the mental health aspect of um, pregnancy. Um, We are still in May. um, So May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. 
And I know that when we see pregnant women, they are usually very bubbly. They're glowing. And even on TV, they make it, you know, like it's just like, oh my gosh, the baby kid or, you know, but I know that there's, there's another side of it that we don't really get to see. So can you guys speak on the what happens mentally? What are the things that you're thinking about? Because um, I do have a friend. I remember, you know how they tell you to walk. Um, you have to keep exercising, but she's like, I just didn't feel, I, I didn't feel like I can't. I didn't, I didn't feel like it. You know what I mean? I know it's the right thing to do, but I just, I couldn't get myself up to walk. So can you guys speak a little bit on that? Yeah. So that's actually something I mentioned earlier. I was very emotional. Um, I always, I'm um, always overthinking. Um, it could be like the slightest thing that the doctor could say and automatically I'm worried or just more, more, more worried more concerned. Um, yeah, so it, it was more of, I'm not sure that was like mommy mode, like worried or anything, but just emotional, mo- emotionally, um, I definitely experience, experienced that. So mentally, there is a switch. I can't speak for everyone, but mentally, I definitely felt that. Ashley, was that during the pregnancy or did you snap? That was during the pregnancy. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, during the pregnancy. Even like I would go on doctor visits and it could be like the, sli- the slightest thing that the doctor telling me, okay, make sure you're eating, um, drinking more water, more juice and vegetables, you know, things to keep me and the baby healthy. But it's like, if I, um, like if I don't consume enough vegetables or I don't consume enough fruit, like what's going to happen, you know, just, just, uh, yeah, I think my mentally, I was not stable. <laughs> it's a lot of, you know, just, yeah. just it, it just very worried. And, you know, that's why I said, I just felt like it was, I wanted to make sure that I did everything right for the baby. Just, mm. yeah. I felt, I felt a bit during my, more during my first pregnancy than my second um, mentally, I was just a nervous wreck during my pregnancy, especially the first one. As I mentioned, I had two miscarriage the first um, before my daughter, but my second pregnancy was an ectopic pregnancy. So I had to have surgery um, to get it removed out of my tube. So I had mm-hmm. to get my left tube taken out. Or Yeah, so with... <laughs> Um, with that, I was such a nervous wreck during my like during my whole pregnancy. Like even with my um, with my daughter, where every every appointment I wanted to have an ultrasound just because I wanted to make sure everything is okay. She was in the right place, and um, but yes, definitely my mind was always racing. I could not sleep because I was always thinking, and if like my daughter did not kick, you know five times or did she kick 10 times today five times the next day I'm, I'm on the phone calling the doctor <laughs> saying hey she didn't kick as much as yesterday so definitely a worry freak during my pregnancies but I find it that I worry a lot more even when they came out because yeah. now you, know, you find a new thing to worry about like are they breathing okay you know are, is she eating enough and things like that so but definitely played a big role you know mentally during my pregnancies for sure and it was tough. It was definitely tough, but I felt like it in a way made me a lot stronger too, because the things that I, you know, I wouldn't think about before I think about now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, for me, I would say that 
a lot of times um, we like to compare our journeys with other people. And so like when, when someone would tell me, oh, well, this is what happened with me and my pregnancy. And so I'd be looking out for what happened with them and not realizing mm-hmm. that my journey was different. Yeah. And um, so I would freak myself out about a few things um like I remember one of my aunts tried to warn me that too she was like hey you know you might um have a little spotting or something like that don't freak out that's normal and I still freaked out when it happened I was like oh my gosh like I might be having a miscarriage what is going on and I was and then my doctor was like no this this can happen this is normal you have to like try to reel yourself back in and I think my biggest breakdown was after I gave birth um, Mm -hmm. because I really wanted to breastfeed and my daughter was very sleepy. She wasn't getting up. She was losing weight. And I'm like, okay, Gina, you know, this is normal. Babies will lose weight after they give, after you give birth. They're not going to stay the same size the whole time, but they'll get it back. And, and then my, my parents didn't make it any easier because they were like, look the baby's getting smaller she was so chunky and now she's not as chunky and I'm like what are you talking about like it's been one day like (laughs) it'll be fine but they definitely they definitely made it worse um because they were just fixated on believing that for them that I had to breastfeed and give her formula or I had to breastfeed and give her food or whatever and I was I just remember one specific time I came back from the hospital and they were going off about me not giving her formula or something. And my husband was like, it's okay, honey. But it was the moment he said, it's okay, honey. And then I just started bawling and I'm like, what is going on? Why am I feeling this way? And I know he was trying to reassure me, but in that moment, it, I feel like everything just came tumbling down on me and I, I, it made me feel like I was less than for not immediately being able to, to feed my daughter, make sure that my daughter was gaining weight or didn't lose any weight. Um, even though that was crazy to think, but yeah. Ladies, you, you, you've been great. Um, we're going to continue this conversation uh, for the mm-hmm. next episode. And um, thank you so much for being so um, so honest um, and so transparent about your, your um, experience because that's, that's the real reason why I have this podcast. It's because um, I, we have those conversations I feel are had with friends or with family members in smaller circles, but the greater, you know, you know, uh, public does, you know, some of that information, sometimes they don't have access to it. So thank you for being so real. So guys, um, this is the end of this podcast. We're going to pick